Hello, welcome back to another edition of the Return the Picks podcast, where once again we're trying to make some money off watching the NFL and betting on it, which seems to be going down. Uh, well, we're six weeks in and we're, what, 18 pounds down? So not great at this point. With Collectively our... 18 pounds down. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But we are only doing one pound bets with three of us betting each week. So we, it still means we haven't won yet, <laughs> unfortunately. No. Uh, this have come yeah. close. We got close. Uh, we got well. Some of us got close this week. Other others, not so much. Not so much. Um, no. We've spoken this week about a whole lot of things because it's been a busy week in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys players firing back at Mike McCarthy. Uh, we had the Fitz Magic uh, sacking, which seemed quite brutal to a lot of people. And then we had our bets for this week. There was a lot. This was weird. <laughs> it's a weird podcast. Uh, do you want to talk? <laughs> can we just can we just talk about the bets from last week and then like get into the podcast? Because Ollie needs Ollie needs to walk away from this podcast. Yeah. He's, uh, we all do. It's, it needs to be done yeah. and over with. Uh, Dave, how did you do last week in your bets? I went I went three and three. Oh, respectable. Nice five hundred. Nice. Uh, so I had the I got the Steelers right against the Browns. Uh, I had. The I lost. Yeah, I had the Packers winning against the Bucks. That was a big loss. Yeah, they lost by like thirty points. Uh, I had the Rams beating the Forty ers and they lost a close game. Uh, I had the Chiefs beating the Bills. I had the Ravens against the Eagles. That was a spread bet plus seven and a half. They actually did that, and you guys thought that was a. That was a dodgy one. I was happy to get that one. They well, were who thought that the seven, Ravens were going to let off the gas when they were thirteen nothing up? Yeah, and then, and then I had the Cowboys to beat the Cardinals. That was pretty bad. Oh, I know. So yeah, three and three, not my best. Uh, taking you to twenty correct overall for the season. How about you, Jazzy? How would you do? I only got one out of five correct. And in fairness, the one there was a little bit of contra- controversy this week because mm. I changed my bet that I released on the podcast uh, there was no I there's no controversy it. then so it's not a change there was because you said that was not a habit but in fairness for this purpose it was the only one I got right was the one I changed I'm not even going to go through what I picked because it was so disappointing to get that poor a return the only one I did get right was the Broncos plus 10 against the Patriots so you got all of them wrong then the second bet which wasn't my podcast bet in inverted commas according to you two boys was uh, yeah I got all wrong I got one right from the original bet. So, <laughs> so you made two I'm bets. Clinging on to that one win. <laughs> so that's oh, maybe clinging you on can to the change one your bets then. Maybe you can yeah, change. Whoa! Your bets now you're changing your tune. Look at yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, I like. I, I'd like that it, it goes into the record book that you got six bets wrong. Yeah. Well, I didn't. So. Well, no. We'll give them the one, but right, it does fine. mean that the standings have completely flipped, reversed it from yeah, the previous have. week. Because I got five out of six with the Browns against the Steelers screwing me Whoa. over. Uh, but I had the Bears winning, I had the Colts winning, I had the Falcons winning, I had the Titans winning, and I had the Lions winning. So Jazz is now on nineteen correct games uh, for the season so far. Dave's on twenty, and I'm on twenty-one. So. We just we last this week, week. Yeah, the week before it was 16, 17, 8. No, 16, 16, 17, 16, 17. 16, 17, 18. 16, 17, 18. There you go. This, this week, just blazing we really squad. We need to get some it. money together, though. Yeah. 
Yeah, at some point. We'll That'll come. That That'll come at some time. Uh, we'll have our bets. We've got loads more weeks to go. I mean, one bet win for any one of us covers our, well, one person's bets for the year anyway. So, whatever. I just won it. I won the win. We'll get the yeah, win. We all do. We'll get the win this week. We all do. Uh, right. Although... I like it. I like the positivity. I think all of our bets kind of clash a little bit this week. So, only only one can yeah, win. Mine and yours are savagely uh, different. Uh, I think we're like three opposites and we'll get to we'll get to the bets at the end of the podcast um remember to follow us on anchor.fm spotify and all that good stuff like and subscribe and sit back and enjoy over the middle picked off season fired intercepted blitz coming pass is picked off He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore, down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. It's mad. I've come into the NFL without any knowledge of what teams are good, what players are good, etc. Zero. Yet from day one, I've quite... Oh... I've quite quickly formed my dislike column. One, the Patriots, because it's the right thing to do. Two, the Tennessee Titans, because our friend Prince supports them. Three, the Eagles, because Ollie supports them. Four, the Falcons, because I, Dave, supports them. And five, the Panthers. Doesn't give a reason. There's no reason for that, okay. (laughs) And And then six, probably Little Dan's team. And seven, probably Yogi's team, our other friends. Doesn't even know what teams they support and he hates them, so what That's does uh, New Max? What does New Max support? Who's Ravens? Uh, Ravens. Which oh, is... even more of a reason why. I... Oh. <laughs> yeah. you love that jazz. I always thought this you was guys. Part are, of... You guys were made to be enemies. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was always part of the rivalry. I thought you guys both. I had knew, no like... idea. Yeah. I had zero idea. Fair. Well, when you beat them uh, in the AFC Championship, then uh, it'll all be fine. But yeah. yeah. Uh, Fitz, Fitz Magic. Thanksgiving first be helpful. Fitz Magic being dropped has even transitioned into the newbies of the NFL world as seemingly unfair, or at least quite a brutal thing to take place. So, is anybody backing surprising. up yeah. Miami for the decision? Well, I assume, having seen it, that they were kind of always planning on doing this before the bye week. But when? Because, because yeah. the bye week got moved. They were meant to be like bye week week 11 or something like that, I think. And then it got moved way earlier because of all the rescheduling. Mm-hmm. So were they like, well, w- were Miami so but- intent on, well, after the bye week, we'll have tour in. It doesn't matter if it's 11 or 6. Like, It just seems a bit odd. If, if that was always the plan going into the season... Yeah. then it seems you, weird you to stick it with it when week. the season's so fluid. That's fair. I didn't think they... I knew it was moved. I thought it was from like eight to six. So that kind of puts pay to what I was thinking then. I, I may um, be wrong. I thought it was a 10 or 11 they had to buy initially. But no, anyway, you're yeah. probably right. I just... I, I kind of... It just seems like that's the timing. It just gives them a week to concentrate on that. And then it kind of it allows a week of kind of buzz to build up. I don't know, and for him to kind of get used to having the media focused on him, it gives him a week to kind of digest that, or two weeks, I suppose. And then, but you... it is from from the point of view from the other side to put him in in his first start against Aaron Donald is uh, pretty savage. <laughs> yeah, in a game so... that's going to be difficult to try and win. 
Um, I think if you look yeah. at it from the point of view of how they treated Josh Rosen last year, Josh Rosen kept losing games and clearly they gave up on him. So Brian Flores put Fitzpatrick back in as quarterback to try and win some games. To try mm. and basically save his job because you have to try and save your job. You can't just lose games willy-nilly mm. and carry on coaching. This year, I think that because Fitzmagic had such a good start and it's got them to 3-3 three and three and actually challenging in some ways for a division uh, title because not far sure. off the Patriots. Nope. Oh, they're in front of the Patriots, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're second in, in the division the behind the, the Pats Bills. And the Bills, yeah. So I mean, it's, and they're not far. The, the Bills are four and two. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're one game behind. Yep. But you've picked up who may the player who may have been the number one pick if Joe Burrow hadn't become what he became at LSU. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get injured. And he, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, same sort of idea there too. So you have that. At some point, he's going to play. The fact that Fitzpatrick's got them to three and three and challenging means that the pressure isn't on Tua from day one to have to win games because if they now go third, three and thirteen, well, hey, we threw a rookie QB in there to try and see what he could do because we need to get him ready to play the year after and the year after that because that's when we're going to be building around him. Yeah. So I think that exposing him to some more game time and having a chance to start now gives them a much better head start going into next year rather than saying give them the last three games of the year because what's the point of three games? Mm-hmm. And say if in the, they said, okay, we'll do it at week 14, but the Dolphins are neck and neck with the Bills in the division race, they're not going to bring Tour in them because they need to try and... They can't be seen to be just throwing away a possible division title. As well as that, considering yep. you've got a rookie QB, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't do very well in his first year and you get higher draft picks again to retool around him in order there, that way to have as many weapons and as many stars on your team as you can on rookie contracts. Yeah. I'm not sure that they'll be aiming for that though, because they've you know they've had they've had those years already. They've already accumulated those picks from trades as well. So I can't imagine there's a kind of tank scenario. I think that it's just I mean those are all great points Jazz. I think as well the I wonder if there's a little bit of pressure from the ownership. Yep. Um yeah, they're yep. looking around the league and they're seeing Justin Herbert yep. lighting it up for the Chargers. They've seen Burrows. Okay, he's he's developing, but we can kind of see why he was taken number 1 overall and they're kind of they're thinking, okay, well what have we got here? And how do we get our fan base excited for the next five years? I think you know, excitement let's get comes into in. it. You get excitement yeah, by excitement winning games, though. That's See, I would buy That's into true, yeah. that, except for the fact that they're winning and, and they're not playing bad football. Like no. Miami, Miami haven't no, been a, solid. a garbage solid, yeah. fire team to watch, which they normally are going into every I mean, other most season. Most of the AFC East has been for many years, in fact. Yeah, and, and so... The excitement thing, I don't think, is a reasonable enough excuse for bringing in Tua. I think it's a, a nice idea to put around this organization because it's an organization that hasn't had any excitement. But there was, I don't care about the Miami Dolphins as a, an NFC East fan. I, I care very little about a lot of things at this point in in the NFL season already. Hey, oh, you, you're leading the NFC East now. Yeah, we'll come on to that. At, we'll get to that at we'll some to point. That. Embarrassingly so, but um. <laughs> but the Dolphins just never really come into my radar because they're never a team that's ever going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. But looking at this year, considering the struggles that the Patriots are having, it's not perfect with Cam Newton, as we saw this weekend. Cam came back and it wasn't like Cam saved the Patriots. They looked pretty bad. Um, mm-hmm. So they're only the Dolphins' only problem is the Buffalo Bills. There's excitement around the Dolphins with Fitzmagic and the way they've got this weird plucky underdog 
Dutch courage. It's Fitzmagic. Like, it's his last hurrah as a starter. Let's go. There was excitement there already, I think, for the neutral fan uh, that was certainly uh, getting my attention and I think a few other people's as well, unless I was the only one. So I No, no, I was excited about it. So I kind of think that the excitement oh, angle is a is perhaps like a bit of an odd one if the organization <laughs> is making the decision on that point. The the tanking idea was something that was discussed in this week and I think it kind of makes sense because if Tua comes in and doesn't do very well, they already know that they've got pieces around Tua that can be successful. But yeah. now they know also perhaps what or they'll have a longer period of time to know what Tua needs to be successful as well in Miami so if it doesn't work they can almost look at the finer points and say right well that was working when Fitzmagic was there Tua can't do this or that or the team can't do this around Tua so we can fill in the gaps in the offseason and we'll have higher draft picks potentially in in the offseason after this year if it doesn't go well and if it does go well then it's like, hey, here you go, Tua. Here's a a decent team to be able to play with. We know we're not just doing what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing at the moment and throwing you to the Lions like Joe Burrow's just getting hit all over the place. So in theory, I think it might have been a, well, we've seen this team is competitive and we've seen this team that can protect a quarterback that can be reasonably smart with mobility because Fitzmagic does that every so often. He moves reasonably well for a fairly old guy with that beard must create a lot of drag as well it's not really kind of you no, know, it's aerodynamic mate come on that, I don't think breaking the air for I, him I think it's, it's getting clogged up air is getting clogged up come in on. the thickness of that beard so if he shaves <laughs> he reduces a second off his 40 time with that beard I reckon so I think there's more of a case of they know they've got a half decent team that Tua can play in and he can start learning how to play football like Justin Herbert is at the Chargers. He's got a good team around him. So let's let the rookie develop. Well, you know, let's not let's not lie though. I mean the Herbert Herbert's was an got accident. a lot more around him. But he's got a lot more around him at the Chargers, you know. I mean the Chargers are kind of perennial underachievers considering some of the talent they've got. I mean he's got a true number one receiver. I'm not sure that the Dolphins the Dolphins on paper don't seem like they've got a lot of talent, which makes me think that the coaching is really, really good this year. Because they're kind of playing above or where they should be, you know. It's not where are their stars, you know. They don't really uh, have, well. They haven't got stars, like, but like they haven't got guys having breakout years. Like you'd never say numbers. It's you'd never just, say Matt Breeder and Jordan effort, Howard are bad running backs. You'd say okay, they're they're two just solid run of the mill can both carry the load. Yeah, Gaziki I mean, has shown that about their receiving. I wouldn't say that about their receiving core either. But it's not you know you can't say that they've got one like potential superstar on that team right now so Tua. there you go so mike, we don't know jazz mike gazicki is kidding. the the best thing on that offense the trouble with the dolphins is they had multiple years multiple years of adam gase so anything you look at them in terms of having been better coached in the last couple of years is because well anything over adam gase is clearly an improvement as shown by his atrocious record in the jets it is more than that, though, Jazz, because they've been in every game this year, um, even, you know, the ones that they've lost. And, and you know, that blowout of the 49ers was completely ridiculous. They were within they were within 10 points of the Seahawks, who scored 30, beat the Jags. Okay, that's not hard. 
but they were within four points of the Bills in week two mm-hmm. when the Bills were killing it as well. Mm-hmm. Before Josh Allen kept it tight. They kept season. it tight with the Patriots. So I kind of feel like I don't know. Like I think they performed above their level. I don't think it's just like a kind of oh Adam Gase has gone and we're breaking the kind of shackles of bad football. I think that they've legitimately look like they can compete in any game at the moment. I think well, I agree with that, but I think that comes back to the fact that they've got rid of a useless head coach. And I think Flores that, is, is, that, is I'm just saying that the about. emphasis on that statement is more about like you you know uh, addition by subtraction whereas I think that takes away from what the coach Oh yeah, no, I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm, I'm going They're just for doing in their own right. Both together is a big big jump. Fair That's enough. what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to say. They can both be true. I think yeah. cool. I think the problem They're not that exclusive. Miami have created for themselves here is that it's all got really muddled because everybody's saying that Fitzpatrick didn't know until it was reported by either Rapsheet or Schefter, whichever one of the, the insiders first put it out mm-hmm. on Twitter. So Fitzpatrick didn't know, the team didn't want Fitzpatrick to know. And in the same way that we kind of went through that emotional roller coaster with Alex Smith and the horrible kind of camera angles looking at his family when he was in on his first yeah, snaps yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We went through this great moment uh, in the Jets game where like Tua was sat next to Fitzpatrick and we've heard all this good stuff about Fitzpatrick being like a great uh, role model and, and mentor to Tua in the in the season so far and he, he knows he's going to have to give up this team at some point to Tua but at the same time they're winning so it seems like he should be staying in and they're sat on the sideline looking at their little Microsoft surface pad being like oh oh, maybe we should do this or you need to look here and all this kind of stuff and they're joking around it's all smiles and and they win the game and Tua has that great moment of him facetiming his parents after the game on the field all alone and it it builds up this wonderful story of like Tua's debut went well but Fitzmagic is doing really well still with this dolphin side that are performing above expectation and then that harmony is just destroyed completely yeah by... It seems like they've. It seems like they can't have handled it very well. They couldn't have handled it worse. But but don't you think that Fitzpatrick deserves some kind of flack? Because the, the statements that I've seen, they almost seem like parody. Because it it's so overblown. Like you really, th- you know, there was no inkling that you were going to lose your. You know, we've all kind of but been he, talking he, about. He said that he knew like, it. He said that he was told at the start that he was a placeholder at some point. Yeah, well, we've start. had a whole off-season talking about when two is going to play and you could put the over and under, you know, wherever you want. But it wouldn't have been crazy in the off-season to say, okay, Tua comes in after six or seven games. But, but this... So I don't know why Fitzpatrick is reacting in this way, like, oh, I'm so gutted to because lose. Because he's playing because well and they're winning games. They're, yeah, because they're winning games because, I mean... But he hasn't come out of a blue sky is what I mean. We've seen him, oh, yeah. like, smiling as a quarterback this whole time this season so far, kind of in, just enjoying the roller coaster of it. Uh, they're winning games. Yeah. They're in a good position right now. And I think... I think a smart organization, going back to your point about it was going to be after the bye week the whole time, I think the reason why it wasn't ever going to be after the bye week the whole time was because surely somebody would have said to Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple of weeks ago, look, after the bye week, we're going to put Tua in. And so Fitzmagic would have gone into last week against the Jets, knowing it was a free game against a bum team, and it was going to be his last game as a starting quarterback. The fact that he's been blindsided by it either means there's a complete total player mismanagement in Miami, which is it, which is it's, certainly a realistic it's tr- possibility, it's, or yeah. yep. or it is a, a more of a snap decision 
than people are giving Miami credit for. It is tricky. I mean, the the snap decision you would think maybe would point more to ownership rather than like yeah. GM yeah, yeah. and head coach, and that they've because. You know, that is often the case where owners, you know, they, they own that football team at the end of the day. They do get to call the shots if they want to. It's better if they don't. We like organisations where the owners don't interfere. They tend to do better. But mm-hmm. it does happen all the time. So maybe they just said, oh, Justin Herbert's doing really well. Burrow looks good. Let You know, where's our guy? We've got to put him in. Just put him in. I don't care. Also We've got two, the bye week. Put him in. You've got two weeks to prepare. Get him in. Two was in the top five selling jerseys internationally, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. Or top so ten. The, may have been 10. like the may have been the fourth though. I think if I'm. I think he was in the top five. I'm pretty sure it was Brady, Gronk, Cam, Tua, and someone else. Yeah, Cam. That was it. Um, but you have an international fan base already waiting to see what the player's going to do. If that's that many shirts have been sold of that one player, there'll be enough eyes on the Dolphins, and more eyes on the Dolphins means more advertising revenue. More advertising revenue means more money for the owners. So I could mm-hmm. see it as you're saying being an ownership push. As yeah. opposed to it being a complete coaching decision. At the same time, with Fitz Magic, like we said, he should have known that's going to come. But I feel sorry for him a little bit yeah. because that's probably the last game he starts as a starter. However, just to pivot on the, the Fitzpatrick thing, should Dallas go out and try and sign and trade for him? Because he's better than Andy Dalton. If Andy Dalton plays like he did in that first game, then they should trade for anybody that they can. He is Maybe shot. even Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but Ryan Fitzpatrick Maybe is a is a Harvard guy. He's a smart guy, and he would understand that the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys have lost the majority of the quality on that offensive line. And going into Dallas right now is like all going it. into They've a situation worse than it is in Miami. So if I'm oh, Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick, yeah. and I and I wonder if Miami are going to do something maybe behind the scenes to kind of sweeten. Because they want Fitzpatrick to be there to mentor him. It's not like they can just yeah, be like, yeah. hey, Tua, go. Hey, you've had six weeks of preparation for games and stuff like that. Now go and be a starter. Good luck to you. Like, they would probably really do well to keep Fitzmagic around and keep him happy and keep him supporting Tua well, as he was I kind mean, of agreeing they, to at the season anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. But it hasn't gone very well so far in the last couple of days, has it? He is very unhappy he's so been very outspoken about it as well i think we can all agree we don't know what's going on behind the scenes but it it does seem like it's been bungled a little bit just on a side you know? thing about the outspoken thing because pe- some people will slam him for saying what he said other people will say it's refreshing i personally think it's refreshing and we shouldn't if you listen rather than reading the comments if you listen to the audio or watch the video of what Fitzmagic yeah. said it doesn't ever seem bitter it just no, seems just like sad. he's sad it's it's not about Tua. I don't think he's. He'll be really happy for him. He'll be cheering him. You know, he was trying to get the crowd going. I saw a clip of him trying to get the crowd going when Tua went in for his three snaps. Yeah, or whatever, wait for the next week. Or two weeks time. This guy sucks. Who said that? In a like empty stadium, so it's all like it's see, so much. See, right. Right. There was no, there was no bitterness. It was pure sadness, and you could really see it in his eyes. He was really, he was heartbroken. Him saying he's heartbroken, you could actually physically see it on doesn't, his face. Doesn't that su- doesn't that surprise you though? Because like, you know, he's kind of had this career where it kind of. I know he had his big his big chance at the, at the Jets um, and, and the Bills as well. But like the last few years, you know, he's been he's been a surprise and he must be kind of happy. 
to be like this respected elder gentleman in the league who can do some crazy stuff, who's got a really cool nickname, which comes out of doing amazing things. Like, I don't know. I'm. You, you say you think it's like refreshing, Ollie. I think it's a bit much a bit for me. Much. Like his statements, you know. So Fair. that's where I fall. Uh, another thing I saw, which I thought was funny on uh, the Pat McAfee show, course i haven't said that name for a while on this i haven't had that one quite for a while oh, you watch you watch uh, now and again I, I watch some of the clips sure um do you watch it in your underwears yep with your with your but, McAfee uh, jersey one on. of the guys said sorry with your McAfee jersey on yeah i oh, definitely don't have a McAfee my, my favorite punter of all time and podcast pat McAfee. i mean not podcast <laughs> he's a pretty good punter anyway that's by the by now, the um, one of the guys in there said the reason why the Dolphins pulled him is because you know with Fitzpatrick you get eight good games and it falls off a cliff. So you take him out of week six, you've had six decent games, and that's the cliff not, is not going to be there. Yeah, that that's that's not unfair. And, you know, just to, to look at it from... That would win okay, you the NFC East. <laughs> by a mile. Three and three we'll, might win you the we'll, NFC we'll East. That, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that. We'll get onto that. But... If we look at it from a different angle, we're kind of concentrating on it from his point of view. Um, and are they going to be worse with Fitzpatrick out? Because he has been playing quite well, but he's still throwing seven interceptions. And Tua has the higher ceiling. That's why he was he went in the in the first okay. round. He was you know one of the better college players we've seen in years. So you know they could if they have got the pieces here where they've got a well coached well organized team and they're in every game their ceiling is could be higher this year yeah he could go in struggle as a rookie but he could take this team to a higher level so the only thing i'd say without that needs to be mentioned having a as much like you have with say joe burrow lsu the lsu team last year was a team full of college all-stars effectively yeah. With Tua, he was playing at Alabama. Correct, Ollie? Alabama? Yeah, Tua was at Bama. Which... So Alabama are routinely one of the best, or if not the best team in college football. If you want a lineman, the... you draft that at Bama. Yeah. Or even receivers. I mean, Ruggs and, uh, Ruggs Ruggs and... and Judy, both from Bama. And Calvin. My boy, Calvin yeah. Ridley. See? So they haven't yeah, got bad players boy. there at all. So, if you t- again, you take a player who's been surrounded by all-star talent and give him a talent poor roster how well is he going to do that's the question and that's what they really need to find out with two like we said to see what he actually needs and what the team needs to be better around him because the team's not going to be built around Fitzpatrick as much as I'm sure he'd love it would be two is going to be hopefully from their point of view the future of that franchise and therefore they need to make sure they tool it with the correct things that he needs and the right weapons well, I'm excited. I kind of wish that the first game that he was playing was against like an easier opponent than the Rams. Like the Jets. So really, they should put him in last week. Yeah. It was surprising that they didn't. They were up by like two or three scores. Why didn't they put him in for the last quarter at least? Yeah. Like, why did he get so few snaps? I don't Almost really sort of treat like that. a preseason game. Yeah. Talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I was going to say, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and whether or not <laughs> they are happy. they are still the Dem Boys because they are not Dem Boys no more. How about them Cowboys? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Andy Dalton. I I kind of think that he 
shit the bed. Is it a, is it a stutter step? Like, can he kind of can he come back from that? It was for a veteran to go in and be that bad was pretty enjoyable. Uh, enjoyable <laughs> and awful. But you know, Zeke, with that receiving Zeke fumbled course, again, didn't he? But everything, too much, everything went two wrong. Fumbles. Like some some weeks, it's been kind of a bit of chastising of the offensive line. Obviously, with all the injuries that they've got on there, uh, some weeks it's been talking about how oh, the defense and the secondary's been terrible. Uh, the the defensive line's not getting any pressure up front at all when it should be doing more. Last week was everything sucks. <laughs> it was yeah. so fun. So I don't, for how I, many years have I been saying Ezekiel Elliott is overrated? By the way. The a, whole time. a number of them. I've been saying it's because he's been played in front of an offensive line that's basically a wall. When they had um, Tyron Smith, Tyron he's Smith. gone for the yeah. year for the neck injury. They had Lael Collins, I think he was the left guard. He's gone. I think he's injured. Travis Fredericks, the center, retired because he couldn't play anymore. Zach Martin, their best offensive lineman of that line, was injured in that game and wasn't playing. And I can't remember they had a right tackle a few years ago but obviously they're now gone as well. So they've now got a bunch of effectively replacement offensive linemen rather than their all-star cast who are just ripping up holes for Zeke and keeping all the pressure off Dak Prescott. So I think now we're starting to see maybe Zeke isn't as good as he actually thinks he is. He looked livid He's, on the sideline. Oh, he needs man, to stop yeah. eating the cereal livid. and hold on to the football. In fairness, in to, fairness to him, he only had 12 rushing attempts. In that game, which and he seems fumbled twice, but but when you've got Andy Dalton in at QB, it it would seem smart, and this comes down to the comments about Mike McCarthy and the coaching side. Yeah. Is well, put the ball in the hands of the guy that has been a perennial they were pro bowler behind and, quite a lot of the game, weren't they? Didn't the Cardinals have like a twenty-one nil lead? Uh, I'm sure there were three scores up at some point. Yeah, it was early. Yeah, they were, yeah. Oh yep. yeah, they're twenty-one nothing after the second uh, midway through the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, you're not going to have to run the ball much anyway because you have to throw it to try and make up the time, uh, time, the points. But he hasn't got over a hundred yards this year because he sucks. Zeke, in, uh, Zeke, it's not gone over a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. No. So you know who would have gone over a hundred yards? Probably Tony Pollard. But whatever, <laughs> just sit on the bench. And he only had thirty-one yeah. yards off he... ten carries, so kind of similar to the forty-nine yards off twelve. Yeah, but fair. he didn't. But he didn't fumble. But the but the point is, is which like, is probably more important. You should scheme around getting the ball into Zeke's hands, and maybe establishing a run game would be smart if you're Dallas at this point, rather than putting the ball in Andy Dalton's hands fifty-four times. That's what Philip Rivers was the best thing on the Chargers' offense, and when he was throwing fifty-plus passes a game, everyone was saying like, "That's quite a lot." Andy Dalton <laughs> is not Philip Rivers. Not right now. He's not. Oh my no, god, he is not. I mean, this. Jeez. The weird thing about that game was it. it like it's thoroughly enjoyable for Dallas to get beat down. It's not really that interesting to hear more like, oh, the NFC sucks. Like, yeah, of course it does. Kyler Murray didn't play that well either as a passing quarterback in that game. Kyler Murray is. He didn't need to, to be fair. Yeah, but if you go nine of twenty-four. That's still not a great percentage line. No, no, but no. look at it this way though. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals won that game with a thirty to ten, something like that. What was the Scott Found score? I can't remember what it was. Ollie um, can tell me. I'm sure he can look uh, it up. Thirty-eight to ten. Thirty-eight to ten. 
They won that game 38-10 to with Kyla Murray attempting 14 passes and completing 9. 24 that passes. That says... Oh, sorry, 24 passes and completing 9. That's all you need to know about how bad the Cowboys are. Because yeah, they, they didn't they, have to... They but, couldn't stop the run of Kenyon Drake. Yeah, another massively overhyped player this year, in my opinion. Yeah, who's had a bad year so far, and they made him look like an all star. Yep. I mean, they made what was the the third running back for the Cleveland Browns? What was his name? Uh, Robbins, Robbins, Johnson, something like that. Johnson? He ran for ninety seven yards. Not Duke Johnson, is it? Duke Johnson? No, not Duke Johnson. He's he's, he's, he's at Houston. He yeah. Oh, Texans guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, he the guy came in after Nick Chubb went down, so it was Cream Hunt and the other guy. Yeah. The other guy still got ninety seven yards. The Browns rushed for three hundred and something yards against the Cowboys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, so it's I, mean, a, I would say just just uh you know as you're seeing as you're taking shots at Kyler Murray, uh, Ollie, your new punching bag. <laughs> He's seeing that guy run is uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, his sidestep though, mental. It's, it's just it's he, mental. he is, he is sick. He's, he's because he's so little. He's just his legs go like and just he does just an amazing, amazing Boston Scott impression. Like it's it's fantastic. It's like watching Darren Sproles play quarterback. It is, yeah, I was gonna say Mighty Mouse. Yeah. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, but the the point of slagging off the Cowboys isn't just to gloat about their horrendous loss to the Cardinals but it's the players talking to the media saying this that Mike McCarthy one. and the coaching staff don't know what they're doing and they don't and teach bad at their jobs. and they're bad at their jobs can you remember can you remember that like I don't even know if like there hasn't been kind of I don't know. Like even Adam Gase hasn't had that kind of mass I mean Jamal Adams came out and was pretty vocal about it wasn't he was that after he went? That was before he went. Yeah, but so it I'm wasn't. But it wasn't. He doesn't know what he's doing. It wasn't cowboy players unnamed. But it wasn't anonymous slagging the them off in the anonymous. media. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you don't know how many players it was. Yeah, and then, I'm sure that when you looked at the uh, the Jane Slater tw- tweet about it, it was Cowboys players have spoken to me and they said that not adjusted on the fly. It doesn't seem like there's much going on. And then it said another, so it clearly was two players, at least two players spoke to her, said mm-hmm. they're just not good at their jobs. Oh so, and this, and I think, go on. Uh, this isn't a thing of, like, Adams used it to get out of somewhere. This is Cowboys yeah. players that want to stay in Dallas that want their coaching staff gone. To go, yeah. In the first year, in the first year. In six weeks, in six half, games. A, under half a season. And did you hear what Mike McCarthy said about that? It was a teaching experience. He said that it? it's like that? they need to come and speak to me man to man, one on one, and that I think we're coaching them too hard. Maybe we're pushing them too hard, breaking down things too technically for them. And then it comes out that he said to Jerry Jones in his uh, interview, "I watched every game, every play of oh, the yeah. and he never so, did 2019 that, yeah. Cowboys." Yeah, I didn't do that. I was I was just didn't really do that. So, well, why would I you? Just, say I just it wanted then? the job. Exactly. I just wanted the job. But that makes him, that it just seems so disingenuous just from the start. And the fact that Mike McCarthy, who's supposed to be a quarterback guru and an offensive mind, has although engineered some high-scoring games for Dallas because they haven't been able to stop a single person, he hasn't really done a great deal to show that it's not just Dak Prescott throwing the ball to decent receivers. That's all that team really has at the minute, is a bunch of good receivers. Well, two good receivers and one that cannot decide if he's going to be good or bad every week. Okay, but my my thing was to... To give some, and I, this isn't like I like to give love to Mike McCarthy or anything like that, but 
you don't need to teach these players how to make catches when it's thrown at their hands. And there were so many drops against Arizona, for instance, of catchable passes from Andy Dalton. Um, and I'm not saying that means that there's no problems in Dallas or anything like that. I'm sure there are problems. But at the same time, you're not rookie athletes, the majority of these star players that should be making plays that aren't producing for Dallas at this point. There are major flaws in the way that players are executing on the field that I think gets taken out of coaching hands at some points. And I don't think it's that smart. And I don't think you'd have this in another organization except for the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys is a players first organization. Jerry Jones loves his favorite players at Dallas. And I think when you get brought into Dallas and you get the kind of hype train around you of being a cowboy, when you're a cowboy, you're a cowboy for life and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, whatever, like I'm a Dallas cowboy. I'll do whatever I want. It's all great. And then if you're not executing, it might not be on McCarthy. It might be a complete attitude problem that is left over from a bygone era of actual quality in Dallas and has just continued to bleed through into a Cowboys yep. team that is filled with players that aren't that good. And that was going to be my counterpoint, the exact thing you just said there. At what point did the players come out and say, well, we're an 8-8 eight eight team most years, and we haven't really done very much with Jason Garrett. We were glad to be got rid of him, and now I've got someone who we thought was going to be better, and we haven't performed any better. If you just take a second and look in the mirror, you're the one responsible for all that, even if the coaches say do this or do that. If you follow what the coaches say, fair enough, put on the coaches. But Mike McCarthy, I'm sure, has said that there's been too many players improvising and doing what the hell they want not listening to what the scheme is. So if you're doing that, you fundamentally ruin the entire thing. We've both we all three of us have played played the game. We know that to do anything yeah, yeah. successfully at a high level. Yeah, yeah, at a high yeah. level of course. College all ball baby. people have to be doing their jobs. If one person breaks say you're on defense and you break contain and you don't let the you, you don't have the contain on the outside, that person can go all the way around you and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because the other people behind you are expecting you to funnel it back inside. If you're not funneling back inside, you've ruined the whole play and everything else around you has fallen apart. Same on offense. If you just don't block that DN that's coming around the corner, well, that's the end of the play. So you have to be able to function as 11 people pulling in the same direction under guidance. But I think the players need to have a long, hard look at themselves. Maybe that's the reason why Travis Fredericks retired. Maybe he was I think sick it of is, losing it- in the culture. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it can be both things. I think Mike McCarthy can suck. Oh, yeah. And those players can be unprofessional assholes for doing that in, yeah, week six. You know, like, yeah, you, you don't get to do that. And to do that during, to talk to reporters off the record like that and give them it's a coward's way up. quotes. It's cowardly and it's it's really, it's really stupid to do that in a season and in a season where the Cowboys could still pull things together and win a crappy division. So it's not like they're winless. Like the Giants, if the Giants players were coming out saying, if the Giants were players were coming out saying this or like all of the Jets players. Yeah. 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 Like all the, like or all the Falcons players were coming out giving like being unnamed sources, then you'd kind of understand it more. I feel like the Cowboys are at a point where they, if they were a a good team and the players were right and they had the right attitude, they could still come together and win this division. Yep. They could could come together and they could get this done. They've got enough talent there. But 
that instead they've chosen to go this other route or some of them have and how pissed off are the other players going to be in that locker room that didn't say anything some of them are going to be livid and if they don't find out who it is then they're always going to be wondering and they're not going to really want to play with them so it's yeah. a big problem mike mccarthy lack of leaders mike mccarthy got all the problems he had in green bay was never it was never described as a guy that didn't teach players correctly you know, yeah, there well, was there was what he was doing, there was know? like maybe his play calling was poor, um, which was the kind of the fallout with with Rogers and, and a lot of people said that maybe he didn't try enough with the run game and stuff, which may yeah. show why Zeke's not <laughs> wasn't getting much of the ball on the weekend, but it was never a, a personal jibe at training at getting players to take a step up to the next level. And that's why I don't really buy this after six games. And I think it's more of a guy coming in trying to perhaps change a culture or change a team where the players have had the power for so many years in Dallas. You know, yeah. you, going back to the kind of Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith kind of era, you know, they were the Deion Sanders. Like they were the guys that Jerry Jones loved. And Jerry Jones is in love with his star players. Like, considers himself like a, a father figure to Tony Romo and things like that. And I think when you've got a owner that is far too close to the guys on the field in that way, you don't want an owner to be elusive to them at all. But you don't want an owner to be like, oh, I'm you know father-son kind of bond and things like that. Because that creates problems like you had with New England, with Kraft and Belichick and Brady and Garoppolo. And I think you're just seeing that from Dallas with Jerry Jones, who loves to be close to the action and close to the attention. Yeah. It's a mess, and it does segue in nicely to what I'd like to talk about next, which is the Eagles game against the Giants. Because I think if I was in doubt before, and I picked the Cowboys to win the division before the year started and we saw how much of a mess they were, you know, I think the Eagles are definitely going to win the division. Yeah, Even as bad as they are, the Cowboys... It's a sinking ship. I, I feel pretty good about that one. Last week, I sorry, last night, I was about to say that the Giants might be the coming from behind team to win the division. Well, if they'd won that game, they would have been tied for first place. Yeah, but like anybody that wins a game or ties a game <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, NFC yeah, yeah. East is going to be tied for first place. Yeah, as for the Giants they it seemed like they kind of dominated the first half from the highlights and stuff that I saw and that the Eagles were poor and then to go up were they were they 10 points up Ollie or was it 12 points like up 12 points and up they, and then and then and then like, they didn't score again I mean Johnny Make-A-Wish couldn't run 80 yards so I mean it just shows yeah him falling <laughs> he over, over. Is so you've got to make a meme or something of that jazz please okay that I'll, was I'll, great. I'll, try, I'll try and think of something but yeah it's, in fairness the best one I saw that was I was trying to get into 2021 in 2020 <laughs> was it yeah stumbling <laughs> it's no but that was oh, yeah, that was I, I think I sent it to um one of my friends was awake in uh Dubai oh, and uh, I sent him a message just being like, I'd, it was the picture, it was the video of Daniel Jones falling. And I just said, that's the epitome of the NFC East. Like, oh, maybe something's going to, yeah. oh no, he's just going to fall no. 10 yards yeah. short and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, well done. 
Unreal. I think he just got so he was like, "Oh, I'm going to score! I'm going to score!" And then just fell over. And and well, the, don't understand how do that. Like, the, that excited. part of a sprint, do the start of a sprint. Fine. That part, you're at cruising speed. Come on. No, well, I know when no, I no, kind no, of no. saw it, I thought maybe he tore his like hurt his hamstring, like he pulled up a little bit. <laughs> Wait, maybe if he'd you done know that, pull up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Then he definitely didn't. He just no, fell, he just over. fell I, over. I have done exactly what Daniel Jones did. Um, and of course, Oli, you are a high class athlete. I'm an so. athlete, obviously. <laughs> oh, you did that in sevens, yeah. did you? Remember in rugby yeah. sevens? Didn't you score? You scored though. You got up and scored. Yeah, I thankfully there wasn't anybody <laughs> near me, and I was able to pick myself up. Yeah, they up. gave up on the play because you had a nice breakaway, <laughs> and then you fell over, and then you had to like roll. <laughs> I over fell over and then, four and then you were like, yards. Oh, I haven't been tackled, and then you had four oh. yards from the line, held onto the ball. Picked myself, like reached over, like scra- crawled to the line and then put it down. Um, so, so I know what that feeling is like. As soon as it happened, I was like, I know that. I know exactly what has happened. He's just taken like a, the legs are trying to work at that same pace. And one of them's like, nah, we're tired. And it's just suddenly gets a little lopsided and then it's done. Um, but the Giants, the Giants blew that game. And the Philadelphia Eagles Big continued time. to show us the... Jekyll and Hyde type team that they are because that first drive was just brilliant consistent slow pace driving the ball up the field to get a touchdown Wentz and the running game it it wasn't necessarily pretty at times but it was just efficiency against a bad team but efficiency that you wanted to see and I was like oh if we can run like seven and a half minute drives every time and pick up seven points like this is going to be a walk in the park easy uh, game that's what's lacking is that like um those are the kind of drives that good teams can just do all the time and they just grind it out like the Steelers are so good at it at the moment they're not the sexiest team in the world okay they're doing some nice things with Clay uh, Claypool um, but it's Mapletron but it's not they they can just they can do that 80, 80 yard drive and they can just pick you apart just like 10 yards here 10 yards there the Eagles Outside of that first drive, everything looks so hard for them right now. Like it's just like, like they're all got bloody weighted packs on, like while they're playing because they just can't, they can't seem to get easy plays. Both of those and they used to get them all the time. Like two years ago, you used to get easy plays all the time and easy drives, and it's just not. Happening. Both of those teams last night, and I think there's still the leeway on the Eagles in the the only starters they have or they had going into last night were Kelsey and Wentz, um, like Travis Fulgham, oh, yeah, Greg the, Ward. Yeah. Like, what are we talking here for receiving uh, options? Yeah, Fulgham is a, Fulgham's a uh, look, superstar. Look, Fulgham, <laughs> I mean, Wentz is making him look on, like that. Right. Like, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous how uh, it just seems to... But better than Alshon Jeffrey did last year. <sighs> okay. And Aguilar. Any, and Jackson. Did, did you... Anyone else? Yeah. Ollie, did you hear what they were saying on the uh, around the NFL pod about it? They were basically, I think Wes was saying it. He was saying Wentz locks into one Wentz guy. Picks, yeah, he he has a guy a game, and it's it's Goddard this game, or it's it's um, Fulgham uh, for two uh, weeks this game, or, or Fulgham, yeah. or it's like yeah, it's some guy you've never heard of, and then it's Boston Scott. But it's never all of them together. It's not like the Chiefs do, where it's like they've no, got and these it's guys like and it's our Sega Whiteside for two easy. weeks, and then oh, he doesn't get any catches. Oh, Aguilar goes on a hot streak, and that's the thing with all of these Eagles receivers that they all go on hot streaks because Wentz gets some trust in them. But then as soon yeah. as the trust starts to go a little bit, then it's like oh, I'm, ooh, oh, I better look somewhere else for it. Um, Although 
in fairness, just to like give something to Wentz, they seem to all get injured. So like, if he creates any rhythm, they get injured. And most and of the Philly team weeks. is getting injured. Well, that, but I think uh, someone Deshaun needs Jackson, to go up there and have a look at their medical staff and figure the out what's going on. Deshaun Jackson injury is just really like it's funny in a way, but it's also like just so the Deshaun Jackson about, like, injury, the re- injury requires another um, another fine. In the same way that Clowney should have got fined last year, and this isn't like a an Eagles fan getting hyped up and being like, "Oh, what are, oh, you you asshole, you're having a go at my receiver or anything like that." This is a Jackson's down on a punt return, and there is a second hit while Jackson is is pretty much at the point of on his knees, yeah, picking his bad. head back up again. It, it's the most unnecessary. And if that was on a quarterback, the whole league would be going insane. But because it's on a punt returner. In that situation, people are like, oh, ooh, that wasn't a wasn't a great move by the Giants. But if you're coming downfield, then maybe it's like, no, that is a, a kind of kill shot potential because it's up at the head of Jackson anyway when he's already down. So he's kind of given up on the play. It's kind of lucky yeah. it's only his ankle that got caught underneath him, and it was his momentum rolling over the ankle that made it worse. But that was a that was a horrific incident that now yeah. Jackson Deshaun Jackson is going to be on the IR again which he, he featured prominently in the game early on last week, uh, last night, and then completely drifted off as Wentz stopped looking towards him. My my problem still with Carson Wentz. He's holding the ball for too long. He's making some really bad decisions. Uh, Dave, I know you wanted to talk about the interception that he threw, which I think there is a right idea, terrible execution on that, in that he's trying to throw sideline to his receiver and he still overthrows him by five yards. But if he underthrows that... People are saying, like Troy Aikman's in the booth going, oh, Carson Wentz just, you know, he's putting it in a place where only his receiver can try and get it. And that's a smart thing that a good quarterback's going to do when he's in a panic mode. He sees his guy there. And instead it's, oh, Carson Wentz looks like a bum. <laughs> like, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the difference between being a winner and loser in the NFL, isn't it? And he looked like well, being a bum or loser on that interception. But yeah. yeah, it was it was one of the worst interceptions I've seen all year. Um, and it's just, you know, you, you're right, Ollie. I think there's there is some logic behind that play. But he was he was getting kind of chased out of bounds, but there wasn't that much pressure on him there. And he's making a throw that wasn't that hard. Like, he's not throwing across his body, or he's throwing down the sideline that he is on, and he and he overthrows it by left sideline for a right hander. Eight yards. Left sideline for a right hander though. Like it's that's the Aaron Rodgers makes it look so easy. Other people really struggle with that. That's Was he on the move? Okay. It yeah, was yeah, I watched the highlight. Yeah, he's not he's not stationary and set. He's he's rolling as on well. The, run. the one he made so that rolling was, makes it more difficult. The one he made that was Far worse, worse than anything, is Wentz is going from left to right on your screen, and he bails out to the top right of your uh, top left of your screen. Then he bails to the bottom left of the screen to get away again, and then he throws right forward across the field, 30, 40 yards to a guy that's in double coverage. And when Carson Wentz, uh, when your starting quarterback is making decisions like that, completely out. Whoa. Let's not forget the big dick Nick threw into triple coverage for the Chloe Clement touchdown in yeah, the Super Bowl. BDN does that into an area where he lines up Corey Clement's run, puts it in the back of the end zone. If Clement doesn't get there, there isn't a Patriot that's getting onto that. That's falling incomplete. 
going back to what I was saying yep. about the Wentz interception. Like, if you can throw that ball where only the receiver can get it or it's incomplete, that's fine. If you're throwing across the field 20 yards, 25 yards down the field, that's like a 40-yard pass in total. And he's throwing it on the move on his back foot, falling backwards and rainbowing it out into double coverage. The decision-making of Carson Wentz now is getting disgusting and really is it, frustrating. Is it in your eyes, is it worse than Josh Allen's? There was, oh, he's got to think about it. <laughs> there was a moment last <laughs> night where Carson Wentz got sacked, and as he was getting sacked, he pitched it out, and it immediately reminded me of Josh Allen against uh, the Jets the on, the fir- no, on the first yeah. week of Red Zone yeah, this year oh, okay. when they first okay. cut to him he on NFL Red Zone, well. and yeah. he pitched it out the back of his hand for an interception. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. we've got like me new was- Josh Allen <laughs> decision-making going on it. It's... It's horrendous. Yeah, and I yeah. like maybe it's because the situation with the Eagles and everything like that. How they won that game yesterday evening is ridiculous. You're still going to win the division. It, it, You're going to win ridiculous. the division. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's ridiculous. It's the right, tie. Okay, it's going to be the tie. The tie will win it for I'll, you. So I'll you save, win by half a game. Yeah, That's I'll save you. Uh, I'll save you. Um, sure, you'll be getting, six, uh, nine, and, and one. Up, That's fine. Yeah, let's have a look. Let's have a look at their remaining fixtures: the the Cowboys and the Eagles. Okay, let's, let's pick them. Up. So you've so you've you've got the Cowboys next. You've got the Cowboys next week. Okay, yeah. that's a coin. So that's a coin flip at there. this point. Then you got then you got the then you got the Giants after that. Okay, then you've got the Browns. Then you have got the Seahawks, Packers, Saints. Brutal. <laughs> Cardinals, uh, I mean, right uh, now they'll beat you, but we don't know what they're going to be like. And then you finish with the Cowboys and then Washington, our words. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the last two games you, you should know, win. So, I think you've, you've got to win. I think the last two games, you've got to, if you win all those division games, you're going to, that's four wins. And then you really need to win one of those games against the Browns or the no, Cardinals. No. They have to win against the, the they beat the Giants. You have to win one beat of those the Giants games. again. Beat the Cowboys twice and they get revenge on the Redskins. That's going to be enough for that division on to the win. The, the hate speaks. Sorry, not the Redskins. Sorry, my my bad. The Washington. You said it again. Saying Stop. It. I can't help it. It's, 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 it's entrenched in my brain. Clearly, I don't talk yeah. about the Washington football team very often. So I, I, that's why it comes out my mouth that way. I apologize to everyone offended. I'm a, I'm so offended um, by your hate speech. Because if you look at the Cowboys, tell us what the Cowboys' uh, games are. In. Uh, yeah, let's have a look. Okay, okay so, so they're, obviously, obviously Eagles. So they've got, Wash- they've got, got the Washington football team this Sunday, because that's right. how you say their name. Then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then they've got the bye week. Then they've got the Vikings, and then they've got the Washington football team again. Remember that name, Jez. Then they've got the Ravens, <laughs> then the Bengals, the Niners, the Eagles, the Giants. So I think they win four of those games. I think they beat so the Giants that's... in the last week. I think they beat the Bengals. And I think they beat um, the, the fo- Washington football, the football team, twice. team twice. So yeah. I think the Cowboys still win four more games. Yeah, we'll I think the Eagles win six wins. So the five. Eagles, the, so the Eagles have to win, have to win five. And I think so. No, no, no they've got to win comes... four. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, no, you're right. So one, yeah. so one of those is going to come down to yeah, beating the Browns. Or the Cardinals, I think, because you're not going to beat the Saints. You're not going to beat Green Bay. I don't Bay. think. They I might don't think the Saints. Beat the Seahawks. I don't think they beat the Browns. No. I don't. Maybe you beat the Cardinals because of the off- uh, the defensive line, which I was yeah. really low on the defensive line because I was thinking we played the Bengals, bum offensive line. We played the Washington Football Team, bum offensive line. 
everyone was saying like, oh, after three games, the Eagles are getting so much pressure in the backfield. Uh, are we or are we just playing poor teams? Batch against the Steelers, finished well against, against the, the Steelers, Giants. against the Ravens, and and against the Giants last night, they had great pressure. It's the secondary that continues, and the the linebacker core that continues to kill the Eagles' defense. Uh, if if yeah. the D line can produce, there's a chance. I mean, I don't trust Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, so in that situation, and I would also, probably say Baker Mayfield be injured for that game too because his ribs might get a bit more sore after getting battered around last week. Well, and, and battered again this and, week, and and just you know, I I would trust the Eagles to take care of someone like Kenyon Drake more than uh, Kareem Hunt and possibly Nick Chubb yeah. if he's back at that point as well. I think so. I mean that you know, yeah, but we, then you've got Larry, you've got Hopkins, and you've got Kirk. Yeah, but they don't have a good quarterback. No, they're not a good passing team at the moment. So we don't know. I guess the thing is we don't know how the Browns and the Cardinals, they've both been up and down this let's, season. I mean, there's no... So we don't know for those games. Let's, but let's I, move away So I'm not this. trying to look into it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like me with the Falcons. Like when we get in... When like you guys is... started coming after my boy Ryan, I was like, no. <laughs> Got Steelers Titans. Am I not going to be able to watch that live? Damn, it's a shame. Because that's Ollie. Try and look it up. That is probably the game of the week. To me, yeah, definitely the game of the week. What do you think is going to happen in that jazz? It's going to be tight and I mean, that's one of the games I had penciled in when we started the year, where I said this could be a loss of the four games. I said could be lost. This is one of them I thought could be a loss. I reckon if we can. I still like that we we're actually being touted as the underdogs in the betting stakes. So clearly, the you money the, is on Tennessee. You were the overdogs at the beginning of the week, though. This was the thing that was interesting with the bets this week: is the Steelers were the favourites on Monday and Tuesday. So, some people may have initially put a bet on that was <laughs> based around that. And then later on in the week, the Steelers flipped to being the underdogs. And so maybe a different bet kind of cropped up at some point later on in the oh, week. Oh, changing your bets, are you? I'm not allowed to happen, though, is it? Well, no, I only submit one to the podcast, so it's fine. Oh, right. You can change, okay, right. You can change, you oh, can change those it before the, rules. the podcast. Yeah. Them's the rules, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Them's you can't say it on the podcast and then change yeah, it. That's the problem we had with your last I, just think I don't know why answer. you would bring that up, Jazz, because it's only going to make you look bad. I'm just saying that... Like, do you guys remember when I pulled this shady shit? How is it shady shit? It was shit. Oh, well, if my first, if my other bet doesn't come in, maybe I could just have this bet instead, and everything you know will just count. As hey guys, guys, do you mind if I do you mind if I change my uh, my terrible bet? I mean, I didn't so ask I for permission. Better? I just did it, and I would do it again, and I will continue to do it if I think it's the right move. So, hey, Jazz, Jazz. Anyway, back you, to the game. You waste, so I think it's going to come your, down to waste your whether money. or not Derek Henry is going to be able to be stopped, and I think that the Steelers front seven's got a very good chance of doing so. However, having lost Devin Bush for the year. That's a really big loss because he's the heartbeat yeah. of the middle line, the middle linebacker. So I, I, I worry a little bit whether or not we'll be able to stop him enough. They've got a good enough. Tannehill's also very good against pressure. Yeah, but our secondary can probably pick him off. I think. But they've got enough weapons and exactly. And yeah, they've got they've got some week. they've got some big boys in Johnny Smith and AJ Brown that you can target and they will be physical. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, and so it just comes down to I think it's going to be an offensive issue rather than defensive. I think both teams are going to score relatively well. well you've been highly so offensive during to... this podcast using the R word earlier, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're we're having many Sorry, many that, offensive issues with Steelers and their team fans. Has the ball, has more possessions, and has more ability to capitalize, 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 capitalize. They're gonna capitalize on the caterpillar. Caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> you just called that it should be audible. That should be audible. Yeah. They can capitalize on those uh, those possessions they have. I think it's just come down to if you can score seven, you're gonna. More often than not, you got a better chance than if you just something for field goals. So I think that's going to be the. I think it's going to be fairly. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think the first, you know, I think if whichever team gets to twenty five will probably do it. Do you think it's, it's got that? that yeah, but that could be 25, 24, couldn't it? Still quite high scoring. Do you think it's got that hint of a yeah, Raven Steelers kind of game? Modern NFL, <laughs> like the old school Raven Steelers. Not quite. Not quite. I I, I think I don't the Titans' think the defense is. I think the Titans are gone. lacking that obviously that Ravens defense style, but I think it's going to come down to similar types of football of simple pass plays on Tennessee's side and bullish running. And I, you know, the Steelers, I don't think they're going to be You're able to be as creative. Here. Yeah. They're that's the thing. Be throwing it down the field to Mapletron. It's fine. I, th- I think we need to not get too overhyped on the third string receiver. In you know what I loved? He came out and said this week, this is you looking for, you kind of worry that one day they're going to start, Double teaming you, you said it's fine because it means someone else can just get the ball instead, uh, and that's, that's what you want. And that's player. yeah, that's the right attitude to have. But I don't think we, I don't think we should be looking at this as like, oh, Chase Claypool is the next AB and stuff like that. Like I think that needs to, that rhetoric needs to be left alone. Who's saying that? Well, it's the whole idea of like they're great at bringing through wide receivers, and people are talking like Chase Claypool is the now going to be the number one receiver in Pittsburgh and things like that. And it's like, no, Chase Claypool is no, the know. rookie that is a great <clears throat> scouting job who is getting open because they have other great offensive weapons in that pass game. And so now if people go and cover Chase Claypool more, there will be more open opportunities for people like Washington and for people like uh, Juju. And it's and it's it's more of a Roethlisberger, who in my rotation is going to get the ball more due to the defence covering the other guys more. So you're saying uh, Claypool should just sh- sit down and be humble? He's, no, but no, I don't no, think he, that. He is. No, he I, is. I think he's, he is. That's I, literally what I just he is think, doing. I think for other people that are hyping up Claypool too much as being like the next coming of a receiver, it's more like, no, he's benefiting off other people's great work from previous years. And he's, ac- he's, he's 6'4", ex- 230 though. pounds, and runs a 4'3". Yeah, he's a, like a tight end, basically. He's executing as well, so yeah. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like you taking away from Claypool. I'm yeah, not you that. can you can get off your. Uh, I'm not having a go at him. I'm just saying, like you would love right to have there. a receiver like Claypool. <laughs> yeah, he'd be, he'd be spaffing all over himself. Hey, we, so no, I think I think it. it really comes down to it's stupid, isn't it? Me saying this, but who's going to score more points? But I I think it's not going to be. <laughs> Jazz Gillen with the uh, the inside track be, yeah. on that. How game. good insight is that? <laughs> Whoever scores the most points is going to win. Uh, might as well be Michael Owen over here. Jesus. Um, these guys are my shoo-in of the good week save. all right okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my feeling does anyone else have any feelings on the game i i think it's going to be a field goal so i don't you know that's what i'm kind of hoping you think for it's as well. goal i hope it's one of those yeah no 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 it's decided by a okay field goal, so i think it's i think it's just going to be i hope it's going to be super tight i think there's been like we've had some good games this year, but they've kind of been like surprise ones, or they've been like blowouts and stuff. I don't think we've had that many 
classic close ones that are really sticking in the memory. So I'm really like two five and O teams going into this. I don't know. I'm like I would pick against the Titans because I think the Steelers overall are a better team. Like they've got a, a much better defense. But I kind of like I don't know. I should just stop picking against the Titans because they're just doing so well. I think, I think we're forgetting one so, crucial part to this whole game though. The reason why this game was rescheduled from week four was because of Tennessee getting COVID. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that Eric Ebron is the only player here that had plans, but his plans for his bye week were spending time. I can't remember what it's a big family thing he had on that's now had to be cancelled because this bye week got changed. Now, think of the Steelers players who thought they were going to have to play the game all week and lost their time to have a little bit of rest during the season because Tennessee screwed up the COVID protocols. They might come out and think, actually... We need to teach these guys a lesson for ruining our This is the dumbest, chance of dumbest chip on the shoulder is, rhetoric a, I've ever heard. That's a, I really that's dislike a bad, that. No, that's they a bad love take. having that a chip makes on the shoulder. So that really makes me think that you work for NFL.com, to this be honest. Is, yes. I happily if, would. This is like a, a well, beat writer being be like, a job there based on this that. is as pointless as the um, <laughs> pro football talk headline that was Tom Brady never even thought about shaking Nick Foles' hands after loss to Bears. And it was more like Tom Brady said, yeah, I didn't even think about it. I just was getting off the field because it was the end of the game rather than Tom Brady never thought about it. This is the same kind of bollocks line of like the Steelers are livid about their off their bye week plans being destroyed by the Titans. Now it's time for revenge. No, it's not. It's yeah, just I a bye week. I love that. Like, like, I really wish they'd, they'd bring that out in the pregame amble. There's going to be a, a CBS <laughs> montage. Isn't it- of like, yeah. I, I think of, 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 of Juju Smith-Schuster like, just sat at home in the cold, uh, unhappy <laughs> they couldn't go and have some time in Florida or something. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be so, them, all the Patriots players being like, uh, Steelers players. Uh, sorry, Steelers players. Yeah, be, uh, talking to it, looking into a camera and being like, I was meant to see my granddad. <laughs> I was going to go fishing <laughs> with my son in, in black and black and white black background, right? Yeah, Mike. Is that, Tom- is, that, is that how you're seeing it, Mike Tomlin? I was going to get a new pair of aviators. Now I'm stuck with these old ones. <laughs> hey, you know, that, the Steel City really just got steelier. And then some. And then like the the kicker's like, oh, I didn't really have any plans. <laughs> hey, you guys want to talk to me? Oh my god, <laughs> just cuts. Yeah, it just cuts him off. Yeah, it's it's not a great take, Jazz. I mean, I don't it's think that a five and O team playing another five and O team lacks motivation. So I think well, I agree with that. Such garbage. I would have. I really thought you were going to make a comment. I really thought you were going to make marginal gains here. An intelligent comment <laughs> the, the of like jazz, the Jazz coin was like doing quite well. I feel, and then it just, just dipped. Like, well, certainly yeah. for Ollie, I'm not taking it quite as bad as Ollie, but like it's definitely. No, I, I took it. I took so it. What do you think I was going to say, Ollie? What, what, because what, what, what do you think I was going? With? I I thought you were going to say like the Titans have got Ryan Tannehill playing at a really high level. They've got Jonu Smith who looked great last week. They've got AJ Brown come back and looks good, and uh, and Humphreys as well has been a nice little outlet for Tannehill this season so far. And the Steelers have been great with the passing game, and I think it's a game that James Connor needs to step up and really make a big run game for him to show because the the Titans' backfield is uh, compared to their pass play is so well balanced. They can hit you in both ways. But the Steelers, you're mainly thinking about the pass game at the moment. And James Conner has been relatively quiet in terms of the narrative around him this season so far. And I thought you were going to make a comment of like, 
it's time for the Steelers' run game to step up and show that they can do the business. And instead, you came out. I with like maybe. how you just like you. I like how you just kind of were just flexing all over Jazz with like quite good uh, kind yeah, of. Yeah, and uh, instead, Jazz came out with. Well, I think they'll be really annoyed about their bye week being cancelled, so they couldn't go fishing no. in Florida two weeks ago. So. No, let's just. That was a uh, that was here. a pro move from uh, from you, Ollie. Just <laughs> it's like, like he's done it before. Uh, right? well, it's what I thought. I really thought he was going to come out with an intelligent comment. Why did you think that Jazz was going to say something good? I, I mean, what he's an evidence idiot. have we had? Because the Jazz coin was rising throughout. <laughs> yeah, that's what it does. That's what it does. It, it gets you to buy in, and you're like, oh, I'm going to invest all of my money, out. and then it just goes yeah. just through the floor. Yeah. It's like, all right let's do the bets uh let's start with jazzy because we never start with jazz on the bets no you start with dave when he takes forever to find it doesn't he well that's why i'd start with so, you so that we've got time so for ready. Dave to look through yeah, yeah so my bad i'm sorry i've picked sorry. the packers minus three and a half okay to beat the texans I've picked the Steelers to win the game. I've picked them when they were evens. However, if I've picked them as of this exact second, they're no longer evens. They are 21 to 20. So they're just over, just better than evens to win. But that's fine. Evens is okay. Um, I've gone over 45 and a half points for the Chiefs at the Broncos. I've taken the Saints to beat the Panthers minus seven. The Bills to rampage all <laughs> over the Jets and win by 12 points. Well, minus 12. And I think it might be the error, but we'll see. Oh, no. What have you Pick done? Pick the Falcons minus two and a half against the Lions. Okay. Well, because most times when we bet the Falcons, they've banged us all. I know. I know. Ollie got them last week, though. <laughs> and they were very good. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that leads into my bet. So I've got the Falcons winning as well. Which uh, is going to be upsetting when that doesn't work. So we'll uh, we're in that one together, Jazz. Um, I've got the Packers outright against the Texans. I can't see that team losing two in a row. I think it was a bit of an aberration last week. I've got over fifty six points in the Seahawks Cardinals game. I think it's going to be big score in that one. And then I've got the Rams winning against the Bears, which. I just can't see the Bears getting to six and one. I just think it'd be outrageous if they did. So I'm I'm going against that. And then I've got the I've got the Cowboys against the um the Washington football team, which may be a problem. Um and then I've got this is a this is a kind of tough one, but I could see it happening. I don't know what you guys think about this. It'd be interesting. Denver Broncos, I've got plus nine and a half against the Chiefs. I can imagine them keeping it a bit tighter than that. Ooh. Maybe one score, but I don't know. What do you think about think that? That's... Is that silly? Quite like uh, that. I don't know. I think the Chiefs might be like a oh, we got beat, and so now we're gonna really beat. Put the hurt yeah. on them. It's just that they've just got a good. They seem to lose close games. The Broncos they have done for a couple of years. So I think that teams tend seem to play down to their level a little bit. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I thought nine and a half was enough. Where I it kind of like lured me. What does what so does I get you? What did I get on that one? 29 to 1. Um, I'm sorry, what did you get, Jazz? Yeah, I thought to say 48 to 1. Oh, right, nice. Deep, Big that's bills. punchy. Big bills. I could see all of that happening as well, Jazz. I don't. I think that's pretty good. I always like to try and get above 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to I was make... happy the Steelers were uh, evens. 
Well, I just want to get a win, so I'm kind of like going lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> I end up at like six to one or something. You get your, what you'll happen is you'll choose a bunch of really heavy favourites and have a six to one for a sixfold thing, and you won't win. Yeah. Mm. Yes, I'll do that. I'll do that one week for for fun. The shits and gigs. Yeah. Uh, Ollie? So, so I'm going with the, sorry, Dave, the Detroit Lions to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Oh! What have you done? I'm going with the LH. We could have all been in Chargers. To uh, Chargers. get the victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Green Bay Packers to get the victory over the Houston Texans. Nice, we've all got that. Yep. Deez, deez. I'm going for the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Cleveland Browns. I looked at that. Ooh, I, I looked, looked at that too. Under the spread though, rather than the outright. I'm going for the Washington football team to beat the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going Oh man, we are for the Pittsburgh Steelers wow. to beat the Tennessee Titans. What have you got for thirty nine to one? Oh, okay, okay. I see. Like, there's some close ones in there. Washington's defense might pull it out for them. I don't trust. The D line might do, yeah, because they've got to have no offensive line for the Cowboys. I don't. But they can't score points. They can't score points. That's the problem strip with sacks, the Washington game. Strip sack fumble. Strip yeah, sack maybe. fumble return. There you go. <laughs> I've solved the problem. Um,. To throw it to a five foot two midget, that's what the Eagles do. <laughs> Seems to work out really nicely. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think the Bengals have got a chance against the Browns. And the odds were enough that I was I like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't trust Cleveland. Well, actually, Baker- I don't know how much that that jacks up your um, your odds on that one. But I was looking at the spread, and it was only like plus or minus three, I think. Yeah, so I saw it was plus minus one for the Dallas. Yeah, yeah. it's considered a tight game. That's- I know. Which is crazy. It just shows how much no one thinks the Cowboys are any good. That's what it really oh, sorry, means. Sorry, Jazz, I was talking about Bengals. the Bengals-Browns uh, oh, game sorry. there, bud. But sorry. Yeah, that was plus or minus three. You're, yeah, you're quite right. I looked at the spread on the other one. and I was, I was on the I wrong, just was, It's because Baker, so. Baker Mayfield is garbage. Uh, I'm so... Ryan Fitzpatrick could step into the Cleveland Browns right now and play better than Baker Mayfield. Yes. That would be yeah. a fantastic pickup for the Browns to take. To go and get Fitz Magic. That's a serious Their franchise quarterback. Okay. But is he the to, franchise quarterback? Uh, this is the best, well, best thing I've... Well, he might not be next year. Best thing I've read tonight was uh, ESPN was saying Darnold and Baker Mayfield, two potential great QBs that might not get picked up for their final years of their contracts. Like this yeah. is make or break it's for both of them. Donald's and, going to the Steelers. And Bacon Donald to the Steelers is would be really I would like, love that so much. That might mean like, you know, ten years of greatness. Success. Especially because you know who uh who's campaigning yes. for that? Old Juju. Because they're a college team. <laughs> Big thanks for listening once again to the Return the Picks podcast. Remember, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and all other good podcasting outlets as well. Tune in radio, I think, too. Um, Anchor.fm is our host. And like and subscribe. 
give us a review let us know what you think let us know if you want anybody like jazz to not be involved in the equation anymore anything like that uh, get onto all of those outlets uh, and give us a like and a subscribe you can follow us on twitter and instagram at return the picks it's at return the picks for both of those all one word you can follow dave on twitter at david bluck one and on instagram at david bluck you can follow jazz on twitter and instagram at, at jazz gillum and myself ollie wilson o underscore j underscore wilson until next time enjoy the football good luck with any bets that you're putting on this week remember to gamble responsibly and all that good stuff and until next week take care